1: My guest is Mark Kinsella, who is currently the VP of Engineering at Opendoor. But before that, he was also Director of Engineering at Lyft. And with that said, I would like to welcome him on the show and ask him to tell us a bit more about himself.
0: Hey, Carolina. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. As you mentioned, I lead the engineering org here at Opendoor. My focus over the past year I joined last summer has really been around helping the company grow and scale. And so a huge focus for me over the past year or so has been around hiring, uh, making sure that engineers we have are efficient, getting things done quickly, working well together. And then before that, like you mentioned, I was at Lyft for almost five and a half years, I worked on a ton of teams at Lyft. And one of the things that I loved at Lyft was learning a lot of different parts of the business. Uh, Even before that, I was an engineer for a long time and EM at different companies. So I've kind of grown with the business, both at Lyft and now at Open Door.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. And let's jump right in because we have a really exciting uh, topic today, at least in my opinion. Uh, I hope our listeners will also find it interesting Today, we are going to talk about entrepreneurial engineering and what an entrepreneurial engineer is and how to find one and how to nurture one. So let's jump right in and define it so that we can make sure that we're all talking about the same thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I think about this is an engineer who is a business minded engineer, meaning they think about the entire product, from the consumer to the business, to the projects and the products, all the way back to the tech stack. And then they use that holistic overview to make the right short-term and long-term decisions. Especially here at Opendoor, where it's a highly technically complicated business, but also a highly complicated business, we have to make sure our engineers understand The customer and what we're actually doing when it comes to real estate and home transactions to build the best product Mm -hmm. Uh, the other thing i would say is these are typically engineers who will go on to do their own startup because they learn about the different areas of the business at open door at other companies and then they'll typically go on to be their own ceo be their own founder of their own
1: startup that sounds a bit scary if you are currently a business owner or, or a general manager and have someone who is probably going to be starting their own business, how do you, I, I know we jumped right into it, but like, how do you square that circle? How do you manage that? How do you manage yourself with that knowledge?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, every engineer is not going to stay at your company forever. For me, folks who have, left open door or left lift or left companies I've been at, when they go off to do their own startup, that's a success in my book. I love that. I think that means I'm doing a good job. Our company is doing a good job because we're fostering that business thinking and we're fostering them going on to do something that they are passionate about and they love.
1: Wow. And it's so hard to find great engineers. but. Perhaps you have a great pipeline of incoming engineers, (laughs) and so you don't have to worry about that. So how long, generally, if you can tell me and the listeners such numbers, how long does a typical entrepreneurial engineer stay at your company or at a company in your experience?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, in my mind, it's usually two and a half to three and a half years is what I found. Typically that'll allow folks to get up to speed, have some huge impact on the business, learn new areas. And then the other thing I've found in, in these sorts of engineers, they get restless. They always wanna be learning and trying new things. And so a huge way, like you've talked about, you know, making sure engineers stay at your company, they don't just leave. Internal transfers and having engineers move between teams is a great way for them to have impact in different areas. Learn new things, keep them excited and motivated at the current company. Right. Myself at Lyft, I transfer teams every year, 18 months within Lyft. And that was a great way to keep myself excited and motivated and learning new things. And then here at Open Door, I recommend engineers change teams every 12 to 18 months.
1: All right. So before we jump into actually managing these really great engineers and i want to use the word exceptional but you make it sound like everyone is an entrepreneurial engineer so can we first elaborate on that like what is the the ratio or should everyone be an mm. entrepreneurial engineer what's the what's the magic number
0: yeah that's a good question you know i'm really honing in on more of the mid-level to senior folks here I think it's critical, of course, to have a good ratio of senior, mid-level, and junior engineers to ensure you have strong mentorship, collaboration, that sort of thing. And so I like to think about it in terms of maybe 30% to 40% of your org is senior engineers. Another 30 to 40% is mid-level, and then 20 to 30% are junior engineers.
1: All right. So what I of the the tangible qualities of an entrepreneurial engineer uh, before you see them go on to start their own startup, Mm -hmm. how do you single them out, if you can say that?
0: Yeah, so a few different things. One of them is creative, out-of-the-box thinkers. There's a ton of unknowns, especially in an industry like real estate. There's no playbook for what we're doing here. And so ensuring engineers are thinking about out-of-the-box solutions to challenging customer problems is probably the most important piece. The second one being collaboration is key. Working with product, working with design, working with operations, working with science, working with our customers to connect all the dots to build the best product. And then the last thing I would say is flexibility. Again, things change all the time. We have no idea what we're gonna be doing 18 months from now, 12 months from now, maybe even six months from now. And so ensuring those engineers are okay with that, I think kind of like roll with the changes and even be pushing ahead of those changes. So those are really the three big things I look for.
1: That's big. It's, it's really big, especially when you think about the general perception of, how engineers are. How do you look for these things? What are what are some of the questions that you ask engineers in a yeah. in an interview mindset?
0: Yeah. Two big ones. One of them is about tell me about a time where something didn't go to plan and either the project you're working on or in some extent you failed to hit the mark. Right? We all have examples of I worked on this and it didn't pan out. That's completely fine. I expect things to not pan out all the time. The most important part then to dig into there is, what did you learn from that? so I think these sort of engineers are the ones who are okay with failing, okay with failure, and then learning from that and making themselves better. And then again, on the learning aspect, the second question that I really love to ask is, what do you wanna learn at Open Door? Right. A lot of engineers may want to just come to a company to work on super exciting technical problems. That's critical, but then to really focus on these business minded engineers, the answers that I'm looking for are I want to you know build something amazing for customers. I want to change the real estate industry. And so it's going beyond just the technical pieces that I'm really important in
1: that question. Mm-hmm. Do you find that this kind of mindset, builds on existing technical knowledge, or do you find that it comes first and then Mm. the technical knowledge is built onto this kind of mindset?
0: Uh, The former. I think it's strong technical foundation, and then you go above and beyond with the business and product insights.
1: That's super interesting to me that you you mentioned flexibility along with with a, like a, a holistic business mindset like an idea of how it's put together and then also like trying to always improve in a sense can you kind of enlighten us as to when you when you meet such a like, how do we know if we meet such a person? What are some Mm -hmm. pointers that you have?
0: I think some of the key things are when you're chatting with folks, especially during an interview or, or during a conversation with a candidate before they're considering joining. A lot of it comes down to Are you discussing the product and the business with them? Like, are they interested in talking about business metrics? Are they interested in talking about the problems that we're trying to solve for our users? Or are you mostly focused on the technical challenges and the technical complexity? In my mind, the really strong business focused engineer wants to understand both areas. Mm
1: -hmm. How do you find such engineers?
0: There's a few things, you know, a lot of it is around ensuring that the engineers we currently have are referring folks that they know, right? The second piece being we advertise our business complexity challenges in our job postings. I think there's a lot of engineers that wanna work at a company like Open Door where there is that physical presence that we have to affect and improve and impact along with the technical challenges. And so making sure in job postings, making sure we talk about sourcing and looking for candidates, we're always talking about the potential business impact that we're having in addition to the technical challenges that we're pushing for.
1: So you said you asked them about previous experiences and do you also give them the technical tests or how, like you said, this is more medium to senior engineers who are going to be doing more complex work. I'm assuming, um, Mm -hmm. perhaps more work, understanding the business. Um, how do you gauge their, their technical, uh, readiness?
0: Yeah. So this is all on top of the technical foundation so typically during an interview we'll have four or five different interviews modules four of them are focused on the technical capabilities right your standard coding programming system design whiteboarding sort of interviews and then we'll have an additional experience interview and that talks a lot about past projects past work this person's done And the focus there is talking about leadership, impact, project management, collaboration, mentorship. So a lot of those like softer skills that we're really looking for in our mid-level and senior engineers.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so it's the foundational technical piece plus the experience piece.
1: Let's just clear this up a little bit. Uh, Do you have separate like staff engineers or managers, or do you also kind of build that responsibility into the engineering roles? It's,
0: it's all the same. This is a core piece of our culture.
1: All right. So people manage themselves and they are on top of their calendars.
0: Uh, Are you talking about is the, business minded engineer a separate pathway or do we have em and ic yeah. Pathways? yeah
1: yeah yeah it's is it is it separate from like becoming a manager from an mm-hmm. engineer or is it you have to be ready to code and be a senior technical advisor
0: Mm-mm. um we have two different career pathways IC and EM, they're parallel pathways. People can move between the two pathways if they want to. The key thing that's overlapping between the two is leadership. And leadership means project leadership, team leadership, business leadership, and connecting the dots. And so when you get to a senior level in the IC pathway or on the EM pathway, those attributes are the same.
1: How nice. I love it. I know. I I think this is great. Awesome. So what are some of the things that you do to nurture your entrepreneurial entrepreneurial engineers?
0: A few things. I really like to structure our teams like little startups. So at Opendoor, our teams are called EPODs, E-P-O-D. And that stands for Engineering, Product, Operations, and Design. Nice. And so every team is a cross-functional unit with clear business metrics that they're going off and moving and improving and impacting. The goal is to have as few cross-functional dependencies as possible with other teams. Mm -hmm. And so that allows those engineers, those product managers, those designers, those operators on that team to really be focused on, this is our little company within Open Door. We have our metrics and we have our customers and we're gonna go off and make massive impact there. Mm -hmm. I think that is a key way to foster that thinking. And then the second thing is, we talk about business metrics all the time, right? There's kind of two different ways to think about metrics. There's input metrics and then there's output metrics. Output metrics are the thing that actually affect your customer. And for me, every team, every engineer should always be thinking about the output metrics.
1: So my second question would have been, how do you ingrain this mindset into someone who isn't quite there yet when you hire them? Mm. And I feel like a lot of the things that you have just mentioned are in connection to that. But I would extend that question and ask you, What are some of the tips that you can give our listeners if they are working with a great engineer, let's say, who is perhaps not as interested in improving the business right now?
0: Mm. I, I think there's a few things. One of them being we set expectations across the board that every engineer is responsible for improving the business and making the lives of our customers better. The second piece is helping them connect the dots between The code that I'm writing today, the day-to-day work I'm doing today, how does that actually impact the customer? And I think that's, as engineering leaders, one of the most important things that we should be doing. It's very easy to think about, I'm working on infrastructure, I'm working on Kubernetes, how does that actually impact our sellers or our buyers who are buying and selling homes? And so helping them see that You know, making it easy as possible for us to launch services, making sure our tools are available, making sure our website is fast. That makes it easy for our customers to buy and sell their homes. So helping engineers connect the dots is probably the most important piece.
1: So what are some of your insights as to how you came over the realization that you need entrepreneurial engineers? What are some of the... The key success stories, if we can say.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I so this is before I joined, but at Open Door, one of the key things that we need is to ingest data. Right? Real estate data is actually very public, and we need to ingest a ton of public data to make informed decisions. We were having a lot of issues with importing MLS and home data because it was messy, it was sloppy. You know, Instead of the number two, the API was providing TWO. And so we had to do a lot of translations and a lot of fixing that data. At the end of the day, a few of the engineers on the team went to actually shadow agents at a different company that are importing this data. And they tried to understand from a customer perspective, what's happening. And just to better understand the customer, better understand what they're doing. So then they took those insights back and built a better data ingestion pipeline. And so understanding their customer there made it so they could actually build a much faster and scalable tech solution. And that sort of initiative, out of the box thinking, creative thinking has made it so now we can ingest a ton more data with a lot higher reliability.
1: That almost sounds like user experience research in a sense, like research.
0: Absolutely. Again, holistic, connecting the dots, customer, business, tech stack.
1: And uh, how, um, this is not really closely attached to what we're talking about today, but I'm interested in how often you change up the teams. You mentioned that the engineers don't really stay on the same team for, for too long, like half a year, one year.
0: Yeah, so the teams themselves are permanent, and that's primarily focused on, we have business metrics, that every team is focused on moving and impacting. So those rarely change, but the engineers on the team typically transfer teams every 12 to 18 months.
1: So they they get about a year to, to get into the nitty-gritty of such a function, for example, of the business, and then once they gained that knowledge they move on to a different kind of team a different side of the business perhaps Mm
0: -hmm. ramp up have massive impact and then think about all right i learned x y and z skill on this team now i'm going to take that and go work on the infrastructure team or go work on a platform team or instead of focusing on the seller side of the business i gonna now focus on the buyer side of the business So I found that helps, like I mentioned, keep engineers engaged, keep focusing on the learning and growth mindset piece. But then it also helps build strong connections between teammates.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And especially right now, we're all working from home. It's very easy for teams and engineers to feel relatively siloed. And so having folks transfer teams every 12 to 18 months helps fix some of that. Mm
1: -hmm. What would you say are the the key attributes within your culture? And it doesn't necessarily have to only involve engineering culture, but like within the the company. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Probably one of the key ones is we deeply believe in 1% better every day. Meaning, you know, when I come into work today, my goal isn't to make a 20% increase in our metrics or make something 20% faster. But if every day I have incremental improvements at the end of the month, at the end of the year, that's a massive step function improvement. And so when I think about that, it's every day making progress improvements on the business side, on the tech stack side and in yourself. So you're constantly learning and growing and getting better at your job. Mm -hmm. I think that's a key piece for these business minded engineers These again, Learning skills, thinking about, do I want to eventually go off and do my own startup? and They need to constantly be growing and getting better and learning new things.
1: What are some of the, the tactics that you employ to help them with that? I imagine that everyone with, with this entrepreneurial mindset comes enthusiastic, but what are some of the ways with which you help them kind of live up to their potential?
0: Mm. A few different things. One of them is, especially as you get more senior, you should be able to take on more ambiguous projects. Meaning, especially with more senior engineers, I can give them the problem and then they go off and actually figure out the specifics of the issue and then come back with a solution and then go implement it. Hmm. Right, so that's, again, an area of learning and growth, especially for mid-level folks around how much ambiguity can I be dealing with?
1: Who is a person or what is a role that gives them feedback as to how they are progressing or what they should be focusing on?
0: Mm-hmm. That's a great question because another piece is I found these sort of folks are craving feedback. And for me, one of the key things of feedback is you're giving feedback and you're receiving feedback, not about yourself, but about your performance. And so then the second piece there is, especially with an open door, we have a very strong mentality of providing positive feedback and critical feedback, making sure it's actionable, and making sure you also provide specifics. So we have you know, peer feedback, we have manager feedback to their direct reports, we have direct report feedback to their manager. Um, and so it, it's very important we're providing feedback on the spot, both on the positive and the critical side, so people can take that and learn from it.
1: Awesome. Wow. it's It's hard for me to imagine how so many people who are so driven could kind of align their interests in a sense. And that's why I am wondering about team dynamics and and how you kind of make sure that the teams are working well together. Could you mm-hmm. show, shed some light on that for me?
0: Yeah. A lot of it starts with ensuring engineers are working on the areas that they're most passionate about. I found that if engineers are working on things they care about, they're passionate about, they'll do their best work. Right, The product will be built higher quality. Things will be happening on time. People will be thinking outside the box because they really want to do amazing work here. So step one is partnering engineers with an area that they're passionate about and excited about. Step two is giving them the resources and the support to be successful, right? So providing them connections with our customers, providing them connections to our business metrics, providing them the tools and processes they need to move quickly and get the job done. Mm -hmm. And then the last piece is I mentioned earlier, give them big, ambitious, ambiguous problems and allow them to go solve it. The, The last piece in there is being okay with failure. Mm-hmm. Things are gonna fail when you're trying to make massive improvements. That's fine. As long as the intention was correct, that's fine. So being okay with failing and assuming people will learn from them and continue to get better is critical.
1: So you you are okay with failure as a company, if we can we can say that. It's, um, it's cool if if someone makes a smart failure, obviously.
0: Yeah, it's the intention needs to be there and then we learn from it, right? So when we think about launching experiments, we launch an experiment with an expected impact of what we think is gonna happen. And then after four weeks, six weeks, weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is, we then broadcast the results internally. Did this actually hit the numbers that we cared about? If it did, great, launch it, if not, why not? What did we learn from it and then take those insights into the next experiment?
1: All right, makes sense. And with that, that brings me to another question. How do you help people not be burned out by all this excitement? Mm.
0: It's tough. I think especially us as leaders, it starts with us of setting the example of, you know, this is not a sprint, it's a marathon. We're here for the long run. And so, making sure even myself, I'm very excited about what we're doing, but it's important to relax, take vacation, right? Um, And so, that's one of the most important things I think, especially as engineering leaders, we sometimes forget. We set the example for everybody else. The second piece being, you know, it's all about expectation setting. We're clear that there's a ton of things that we need to be doing but we all can't be working 60 hours a week, for example. right? That's ridiculous and not tenable for the long run. And then the, the the last piece is I think about avoiding burnout by doing different pieces of the project or working on different pieces of the product. What I mean by that is you need to make sure that you're doing a healthy amount of creative brainstorming at the beginning mixed in with a good amount of planning and project planning, mixed in with the actual technical output, then testing and QA, monitoring and learning, et cetera. Now, if somebody's coding for four hours or eight hours a week for four weeks straight, it's a lot easier to burn out compared to if you're doing each of those different pieces of the puzzle.
1: Right, right. So like mix up the activities um, and make sure that you are you're setting some boundaries for yourself, even if you like something, you are not just doing it all the time. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and last but not least, what is um, what is a tactic that you can share with us to include a new hire into into such a team? Let's say someone is a really great example of an entrepreneurial engineer. They are driven, they are curious, they are flexible, they want to solve problems. Uh, what are some of the tips that you can give our listeners to to really integrate them?
0: Mm-hmm. Partnering them up and having them connect with a strong mentor is probably one of the most important pieces, right? So somebody who's been at the company for a long time, somebody who's more senior than them. And who they can go and basically ask all the questions that come with, I just joined a team, I just joined a company, I have no idea what's going on. But the second piece being, we have, especially here at Open Door and the fact that we're currently all working from home, a very deep engineering onboarding. And what what I mean by that is an engineer who joins will spend their first four days, mostly in onboarding. And that includes understanding the customer, understanding the business, and then of course, understanding the tech pieces. So making sure we give that fully rounded onboarding helps kickstart an engineer's career at Opendoor and on a team.
1: All right, makes sense. Great, is there anything else you would like to add so our listeners can get the full experience of picking your mind?
0: I mean, I think finding these engineers is tough as we touched upon earlier. Uh, it, It definitely starts with culture. It starts with expectation setting and then making sure that you provide the resources for them to be amazing. Magic will happen.
1: All right. Thank you so much. Where can our listeners find you or follow your work?
0: LinkedIn's probably the best place. I post a fair amount of things on on LinkedIn. Um, We also have a Open Door Engineering blog where I try to post something once a month, but every person in the company is working on posting blog posts. So I think Open Door Eng Blog is also a great place to be following just Open Door in general and then other ways that I'm thinking about culture, engineering, leadership.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, um, dearest listeners. And watchers. This was Level Up Engineering. Today, I talked with Mark Kinsella, who is VP of Engineering at Open Door. He shared lots of great insights as to why it is so great to hire entrepreneurial engineers and keep them engaged and uh, be a good example for them. Um, and also, we talked about hiring and uh, Providing with uh, resources and changing up teams. So, uh, hope you got some great takeaways. And uh, please comment and uh, follow Open Door. And um, if you care to do so, leave us a five star review. Uh, with that said, I am Carolina Toth, and I hope to see you next time. Thanks for staying with us. This was the Level Up Engineering Podcast by Apex Lab. Check them out at apexlab.io. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel, rate our content, and share your thoughts on this episode. See you next time.